Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Okay, Mary goes in motion. She's headed right for the Good Foods Guac. Nice head fake on the stock boy. Great move around the lady with the card. Mary reaches for the Good Foods Guac and heads for checkout. Great play. Game day is guac day, Bears fans. And that means the delicious taste of Good Foods guacamole with perfectly ripe hand-scooped avocados. Enter to win all kinds of great prizes at gamedayisguacday.com and reach for Good Foods Guac at Julasco. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team. Tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. All right, this is episode 46 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Kevin Powell, thank you for listening on this episode. Mark Carmen, my old buddy from CHGO, does some work here at WGN Radio as well. Uh, Join me to talk about this Bears-Giants game on Sunday. I think it's a very winnable game. They have to get more out of the passing game from Justin Fields, from the entire offensive unit. It's been really, really bad. So get into that with Mark Carmen. But, you know, I am predicting the Bears win. They have gone 2-1 essentially without a passing game. They've gotten next to nothing from this passing game and have still found a, a way to win two games, two very close games, through the first three weeks of the season. I think it'll be a close game. I think they're evenly matched. The Giants do have some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see about David Montgomery, who's dealing with that ankle. Jalen Johnson also has missed some practices this week as well. So we'll know more about that uh, throughout the weekend and ahead of the game as well. But I am predicting a Bears win. More on the matchup with Mark Carmen from CHGO. Now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast for the first time this season. I've missed you, Mark Carmen. How are you? KP, I'm great. I thought, uh, honestly, this might be our best football season. We've been at Hallis Hall together twice. We had a dinner at the Nightingale, living the Ditka dream. I don't really think we could be doing much better other than if I was still hosting Hamp and OB and you were on the show. Uh, but other than that, we're doing great, brother. Uh, Hamp and OB, great pre and post on WGN Radio uh, every game day. Nightingale was fantastic. That was a great day. We were at Hallis Hall, and we went over to Highwood, and you were like, we got to check out the spot, Nightingale, and it's right up my alley, kind of this old-school spot. You can kind of get a little, everything there, right? We had a great shrimp appetizer. You had pizza. I got some good chicken. And uh, I guess it's a spot Dicka used to hang. Is that accurate, Carm? I believe that there is, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest, the Ditka connection, other than I know that there is one. It might have been a Diana Ditka. I don't know if Mike went rolling through there. There's definitely some Ditka to the Nightingale. And I know your old school supper club type, which is what the Nightingale is. And uh, the only thing that was bad about that meal is I went too big. And then I've only lost one tennis match in the Deer Creek League all year, and it was after that meal. And I do at least 93% blame it on that meal. So we got this shrimp appetizer, which was great, and then you really wanted a pizza, so we kind of did a pizza appetizer, and then you got a huge dish of pasta and a glass of red wine. I had some chicken and a couple beers, and you're like, I got to go to a tennis match. I mean, who pulls that off, Carm? 
You know, Jim McMahon back in the day, KP, he'd get hammered and go out there and just beat the Packers' ass. So, I mean, that's, I was trying to be like uh, number nine, old school. I mean, Mike would, uh, isn't there a zillion stories of him having uh, fun on the off the court before he gets on the court and then putting up 50? I just thought I could do the same, and unfortunately for me, it didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, not, you know, I... I a for effort for Carm? How's that? I, I, no, I was impressed. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, there are stories of Jordan crushing like 12 beers on the golf course and then having a dynamite game at night, um, dropping 40, 50 points. So it was it was your Jordan moment. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, Mark Carmen, do you like to be introduced as Mark Carmen from WGN Radio or Mark Carmen from CHGO? Well, uh, listen, WGN is uh, forever... Uh, a part of me and, and still a part of me, even though I don't get to uh, frequent the airways as, 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 as much as I would like to. But so I guess we got to say from the CHGO Bears podcast, because that's what I'm doing on a daily basis. Appreciate you giving me that opportunity, yeah. KP. Uh, so for for those that don't Bears, know what CHGO is, how would you how would you describe CHGO? We are the YouTube podcast sports radio station. Uh, non-stop, one-stop shop for all your Chicago needs. There's a, a bear show, a sock show, a cub show, a hawk show, a bull show. We even go deep into the fire. We've got a gambling show. Uh, you know, outstanding set in the uh, in the West Loop that the different shows are rotating through. And uh, the Bears is, uh, you know, well, there's a bunch of bear shows, but the one that I do is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at noon. It's live, and then uh, I do a Thursday night Bears after dark where we get a little bit weird. Had a reality TV star on last night who uh, said some things that he shouldn't have said. These things happen, and then uh, pre and post on Sunday. So that's that's uh, that is my my weekly life right now. Well, you guys are killing it, and uh, I think there should be a CHGO tennis show hosted by Mark Carmo, but maybe I, that's I, down the I, road. I, uh, I freaking agree. <laughs> I uh, before we get into Bears Giants, I know you guys have a big tailgate coming up. Do you want to do you want to plug that? Well, we we had one KP. I thought I saw uh, on Twitter you're doing them. another one. Is that not accurate? Yeah, we, we are doing we we are doing another one. I don't think the date has been released. But oh, gotcha. I think you can we can go safe bet. Let's go safe bet the next noon uh, Sunday Bears game at Soldier Field where the Bears should stay. Is uh, when the next tailgate will be. Gotcha. But there's, I think their next home game is a Thursday night game, so they're not home at Soldiers for a while now. On, uh, on, on a Sunday, on a, for a that Sunday would be, uh, November sixth against the Tua-led Miami Dolphins. That was scary last night seeing Tua go down. Um, let, let's get into Bears Giants. Car both teams two and one, kind of surprisingly. Giants coming off their first loss. They've got some injuries at receiver. The big weapon on the offense for the Giants is Saquon Barkley. Some talk at Hallis Hall about. Uh, him this week, I feel like it's a very, very winnable game, Carm. It is, and every game that uh, the Bears play in, I think the rest of the way they're going to be the underdog. So I'm not sure where the line is right now when we're talking Friday at one o'clock. But it started out with the Giants as a three point favorite. So put this on a neutral site. They're saying these teams are dead even. Saquon, I thought, looked good on Monday Night Football. Not necessarily prime Saquon, but you know the Bears have had trouble stopping the run. And Daniel Jones can also run the football. It's probably the thing that he does best. So, uh, you know, where everyone has is focused on field, and rightfully so, but 
the defense was getting gashed by the Texans a, a good portion of last Sunday. So uh, I, I, you know, coin flip game. I'm going to pick the Bears to win because why the hell not? Mm-hmm. But uh, the Giants are just, they're so similar, right, KP? You know, quarterback, yes, no, maybe, probably not. I don't know. That's where they're at, which is kind of where the Bears are at, you know, even though not quite as far down the road since Justin's in his second here and, and Jones is, what, in his fifth. Um, so, uh, but, and then the Giants don't protect well on the pass. The Bears don't protect well on the pass. Bears, I, that's an interesting one to me. As a former offensive lineman, KP, if I could flip the conversation, how do you account for the fact that the Bears are so good uh, run blocking, but for whatever reason, the pass blocking is not there? And I, maybe that's, I don't know, mostly on field. He's holding the ball too long, or do you see it in a different way? Look, I think the offensive line has exceeded expect- expectations, at least before training camp and at least before some things got sorted out and some veterans were signed to the offensive line. Um they have taken a lot of sacks this year. And, look, part offensive line, but I think, he's, look, you don't have to be a football expert to see Justin Fields out there hanging onto the ball, right? I would absolutely say some of those sacks are on Justin Fields. Where are you at with Fields? Where is your uh, your the Carm Fields concerned O-meter? Are you – because for me, and I said this on the postgame podcast, like you kind of could find um, – I don't know if excuses is the right way to phrase it, but like last year was a mess, right? There were so many things that were sloppy and naggy and and a million things, and Fields got put into a horrible situation. This year, you know, the first week you're like, ah, well, you know, there wasn't much of the passing game, you know, a broken play where he uh, completes a pass, but it was a monsoon. And then the Packers game, well, it's a Packers game, and things kind of got away from them fast, and Rodgers did his thing. And then against the Texans, it's like, what, what can we find here? You know, what can we point to that's a, that that gives Fields a break? I thought he was horrible against the Houston Texans, and he said it after the game himself. And then when you see some of the, you know, reporters who are sharing clips and you go back and kind of do a second watch on the game, I mean, Fields multiple times had receivers wide open and he wasn't getting rid of the ball. So, it's bad. Let's just let's just name everything that you said is uh, exactly on point, and everyone sees it, and he sees it. So I I think we're in a zone here where, at least in my mind, KP, there there is. I'm not saying he can't be a competent quarterback. I'm not saying that his overall skill set. Because let's go let's go into the depths of the nauseating Trubisky Fields conversation that's starting to percolate out there. He is more gifted athletically. He's more gifted, I think, in understanding the game. His football IQ is, is definitely higher. But there's a weird thing right now where the ball's not coming out, and I don't think he's comfortable. He's They mess with his footwork, trying to get him better. They've got a new system. There's more pressure as time goes on. He's been here longer, so that's building, too. Spotlight's getting brighter. And... It's just turning into a super uncomfortable viewing experience, last playing experience, I'm sure, for him. I, I'm of the mindset, how do you win with him? How do you, we're, we're, you know, look, the strengths of this team are David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert on the offensive line and, uh, you know, creating space. Is that, how much of that can you lean on and at the same time free him up to, uh, you know, just be in, have good passing windows, be in good situations where the game becomes a little bit easier for him. I think that's what we need here. 
I just I don't see. I would think it would look a lot better than than it does if he was going to get to elite level. People people are you know they keep on talking about Josh Allen with him, right? Well, Josh Allen struggles. Josh Allen is a complete freak of nature. He, you could see the insane arm talent. You could see that every time he took a step, he takes up five yards of field. You could see that he could run over people. And yes, there would be some really bad moments. But like we haven't, we have barely seen any flashes from fields. We're like, oh my god, that was sweet. Like you can point to the Pittsburgh game, but that's really about it. There's there was that one insane run against the Niners last year. But other than, like, it's just, it's just been very, very few and far between. We're like, oh my God, we've got something special here. Yeah. And look, I don't think, you know, I think the play calling's actually been pretty good from Luke Getze. I do. And, you know, everyone was pointing to that Packers game. There was just 11 pass attempts and Getze cleared it up. He's like, well, I actually called about 19, 20 pass plays, which was about half of the total plays. I mean, they only had 41 plays in that game offensively, which is insane. Um, he he had 17 attempts against the Houston tax, uh, Texans. He's been sacked 10 times. Um, we've got to see something from him. I also think, too, like it's kind of, and, and Getsy talked about it this week at Hellas Hall, where, look, as much as fans might want to see him throw, throw, throw more, they're 2-1. and one. You know, they have found ways to win two really, really close games. The Texans game, I thought, was going to overtime. That 49ers game could have gone either way. This whole situation would be a lot worse if they were 0-3, right? It's it's hard to win in the NFL. So, sure, throw, throw, throw. But, like, you know, there was even a part of that Packers game when, when the Bears were moving the ball, and it was just run, run, run. Well, why why would you get away from that if, if it's working? So, yeah, of course you want to develop Ju- Justin Fields, but all of this is, is much messier, and, and the panic, I think, from fans is larger if if they're losing games. So they've got to just continue to win and give Justin Fields opportunities, which I think he, he has had. I, I, don't, I think the play calling has been pretty good from Luke Getze. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not putting this in Getzy at all. Uh, and it's an excellent point that look, he's there have been more pass plays called. He just hasn't gotten rid of the ball. Right. Uh, I, you know, when you were talking, I, I got in my head about basically. Look, this is not hard. He has sucked, and you know, yeah, I mean, I mean you got to go back to the '70s. For this level of quarterback incompetence, uh, so does that mean that his that he, that he's done? No, but does that mean that there should be like legit concern? Absolutely. I mean, come on. Uh, so I think we're you know we're, we just don't want to go back in the place where they have to draft another quarterback, go through this again. We I mean we're so exhausted from it that. There's just that hope that this is the one, and and maybe he will be. But I, I would also remind myself and everyone that the previous regime did not have a good record on identifying quarterbacks, from Mike Glennon to Andy Dalton, who was fine, but come on to Nick Foles, who they thought was going to be great, who fell apart, to to the big one in Mitch Trubisky, and then they they identified Fields. So is that, there is there a chance that, that that Pace got that one right of getting all, all the others in, in essence wrong? Yeah, there's a chance, but is uh, what I call it likely? Not necessarily. I, I wouldn't. 
right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little, sense. I think it's a little different though, because Fields was the fourth quarterback off the board. You know what I mean? Like those top three quarterbacks went so early, and then the Bears were all of a sudden like, "Yeah, we need a quarterback." This is a perfect situation. I mean, Fields was like two or three on everybody's big board, right? Um, and he was the fourth quarterback, so it's different situation. I mean, the, the Trubisky thing was a disaster, moving up to another spot and all of that. We don't have to revisit it. Um, but look, I I have said that I am very high on Justin Fields because of the skill set. I think he can throw the ball down the field. Obviously, his running ability. Um, but there's no denying that, yes, the first three weeks have been really bad. Now, they're going to stick – there was uh, – Matt uh, Eberflus was actually asked about this at Hallis Hall, something about swapping in uh, the backup for Justin Fields more often, and, th- and Eberflus basically just, like, brushed away the question. I mean, they're going to stick it out with Justin Fields. He's only in year two, right? He's only in year two, and I think the one – encouraging part of this season so far is that I think the players are buying into what Matt Eberflus is selling to them. I do. I think that, you know, the whole hits principle and playing hard defense hasn't allowed a touchdown in the second half, Carm. And I think there, there certainly are still some holes in this team. Um, But like I said, they're two and one and they're playing hard for Matt Eberflus. It does appear that the coaching staff um, is a little bit more competent than the previous regime. Agreed. I appreciate the flus, minus his really bizarre end of the first half last week, not taking a timeout, and then that's fine. You're punting on the offense right now, but then running a play and getting field hit, that's when it became boo-worthy. So good job, Soldier Field fans. By the way, the Bears should stay at Soldier Field. Uh, <laughs> I, I um, Yeah, I, I like the coach franchise it feels refreshing and they are going to have to this regime is going to have to figure out the qb all at the same time i yeah i don't know look i, I, I think here, here's 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 an interesting thing to to, uh, to the, do that question about the backup quarterback kp let's just say for argument's sake they beat the giants okay and and they 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 lose the Vikings, but they beat the Commanders. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but let, but, but my point is like, let's say they get in playoff contention. Okay, they're they're really there, and Fields is is still struggling, and the team could go to the playoffs. At that point, there could actually be a Simeon conversation, which would be nauseating to have. But until they're actually in that level of position, and Fields it hasn't gotten better, which I don't think they'd be in that position if he hasn't improved. But that would be like the 10%, 1% chance that somehow they're winning. The defense is elite. The running game is incredible. They're in, the, they're, in, they're in the chance to get into the playoffs, and Fields is still scuffling along. Then there could be a, com- a slight conversation that happens. I'd, I mean, still, say, I'd still say play him, but that's when yeah. it could be a real convo. Yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna continue to stick with him. But what if, like, it is crazy hypothetical, all right? They have the Giants, the Vikings, the Commanders, and Patriots. Let's say they win three of four of those, right? And they're five sure. and two through seven games. And Fields looks how he's looked through those first three games, even during that four four game stretch. And the Bears win three of them. Let's say, yep, it does get a little interesting, right? Um, I still, again, if, the, if if they're winning, they're winning. They're going to stick with him. But it, you know, if he looks like he's looked through the first three weeks and they lose three of the next four, uh, then I think fans are going to start to lose it a little bit. 
Yeah, or here's one more scenario as we play the hypothetical game, which is very fun to play. <laughs> Let's say, you know, they beat the Giants. He's not great. They they lose to Minnesota. Then who's after that? I forget. Well, uh, Commanders, Thursday night football, Soldier Field. Uh, okay, so so the Commanders game. He, uh, he doesn't look good in the first half. Sprains his ankle, moderate sprain. <laughs> Simeon comes in there and fires the ball over the field. Now what do you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Trevor Simeon. I just don't. Inv- I know we're playing the hypothetical game here. I don't see him firing the football all over the field. Okay, forget. Let me let me rephrase it. Simeon comes in, the offense looks better, and they win. That's possible. I would almost even say probable uh, at, with, with how things have gone so far. So now what? You know that I don't think that they would. I, they'd go back to field, but at that point, if he continued to, you know, crawl along. And the Bears were still viable as far as a playoff team. I don't, you know, the conversation could get interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, they're winning, which takes a little bit of pressure off of Justin Fields. Like I said, if this team was 0 3 right now, things would be really, really ugly for the Chicago Bears. Some bright spots, Carm, I think that have stuck out. Eddie Jackson appears to have returned to pre large contract, Eddie Jackson. Um, he's been, he's made a couple big plays. Matt Eberflus is like raving about Eddie Jackson in press conferences, talking about he's in the 90 percentile for his, you know, his loafs grading system that he has. That's been great to see. I mean, Eddie Jackson, the past two years did not look like himself. He was not an impact player. I think Eddie Jackson standing out. And I think Roquan is really starting to get comfortable in this defense. We saw it against the Texans had a huge turnover, um, those two players on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they were a part of probably the best defense in football just three or four years ago. Next thing you know, they're in a rebuild, and they're the veteran players, and they're, they've looked like it this season so far. I am so happy for Eddie Jackson. He went through two miscarriages with his girlfriend. He had a friend pass away, and yeah, real life. It might actually affect your work life. I think we can all relate to that. By the way, also in a work life where you're on the field with million-dollar athletes who are trying to run you over, ain't that's not exactly an easy gig. So just to see him kind of move through that is what appears to be the case and also fresh start with the flutes. And I think the accountability that's been put on the table clearly has been good for Eddie. Uh, but when I, we were out there the other day, I, I went up and talked to him a little bit. And he was just in a great mood, man. Like, his, he's just a... Uh, easygoing Eddie, and I was being, you know, doing my dynamic, what's the first ever R-rated movie that you saw, and he was, he was just, he was tons of fun to talk to, so I'm like, you know, easy to root for Eddie, and and what was his answer on the R-rated movie? He's like, he was one of my favorites, like his first was like, R-rated, like 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 the bad stuff. I'm like, well, it could be the bad stuff, but it might be the good stuff. Depends on your your viewpoint here. Uh, you know, I'm in favor of a little profanity and nudity in my movies every now and then. But uh, he's like, he's like, well, I got to go with blow. Uh, lo- which is a solid solid call by Eddie. Blows an intense film. If people haven't seen it, uh, Johnny Depp and whatnot. That movie came out in 2001. How old is Eddie Jackson? Uh, 27? He's uh, 28. Yes. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Yes. Yeah. What was Carm's first R-rated movie? We 
we went with a flash dance at the Highland Park Movie Theater, KP, a dollar fifty ahead to get in there. Went with my parents. Uh, my and my dad was a slightly older dad, so it adds into the awkwardness. And we, we get up there to the – there was a guy who had this boa who ran the theater back in the day. The theater's no longer with us, which is a big loss for the HB community. Hashtag HB strong. But uh, he, he's, my dad says to him, what uh, – a very stern, uh, lawyerly Fred Carmen voice. What's in this movie that a ten-year-old shouldn't see? Well, sir, there's profanity and there's nudity. We'll take three tickets, uh, <laughs> and that and that was good parenting. <laughs> oh God, little Carm, I would have. That's just is fantastic. Uh, I, when the when the boobs came out for the first time on the screen, my mom was just staring at me and said, "Like you are loving this, aren't you, little Carm?" <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> That's fantastic. My grandma took uh, me and uh, the grandkids to see Titanic, Carm. So I was probably eight or nine. Wow. And the uh, wow, that's aggressive. The that's whole... <laughs> an intense seat for a nine-year-old. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was probably like eight, nine, ten, right around there. Me and my cousin just started giggling really loudly <laughs> in, in the packed movie theater of all these people trying to watch this epic historic yeah. film that's going to win a million yeah. awards. <laughs> We're eight, eight or nine years old just giggling right in the heart of the movie theater as everyone around us just sits in silence and watches the... The nudity unfold. DiCaprio doing the great, uh, amazing (laughs) portrait. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're blushing, Kevin Powell, eight-year-old in the back of the room. And you too, Leonardo. (laughs) Well, you know, we try to be cool. So, like, we kind of sat away from the family. You know, like, we're going to get our own seats. We're going to be up, like, ten rows right in the middle of it all. And we're just sitting there, two chunky little kids, me and Cousin Mike, just giggling (laughs) as uh, the nudity Pops up onto the onto the screen. Uh, I, I don't know how far down the road of uh, this we want to go, but I'll tell one more quick story if you let me. Which yeah. was freshman freshman year science class, we're doing anatomy, and I'm in the front row, and my buddy Tom Bear is one row behind me. Uh, Hieronymus, the great Mister Hieronymus, with his really deep voice, he's he's these are the breasts, and this is this, and and I'm sitting there like you know. Biting my tongue like I'm fully, I am not going to be the guy that laughed. I am, I am, I am freshman calm. You know, I'm, I'm a professional. I can handle this. And my friend behind me just starts laughing hysterically. And so that makes me laugh. And then he, the teacher calls me out, just like walks right in my face like, yes, breasts, they happen. I'm like, I know. I wasn't the one that was laughing. It was him. Veronimus. <laughs> Were you a troublemaker in school, Carm? Were you the were you the class well, clown? Uh, I, I wouldn't say uh, consistently, but eighth grade year, uh, Basika's class was just an absolute debacle of a situation. That was quite fun, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> one guy that follows me on Twitter, <laughs> who will just give random comments to me, and my comments back are uh, you know to the public forum are basically going right back to that eighth grade classroom. Freshman year, uh, probably, I think it was first period, math class, and the teacher's reading off all the names, gets to Kevin Powell. I went loud, fart noise, was immediately sent to the hallway. (laughs) Just the classic move. Kevin Powell, you know, everybody's here, so-and-so here, Kevin Powell, 
made the huge fart noise with my mouth. <laughs> and he, he immediately sent me to the hallway, and he was like, "Listen, we're gonna have a problem all semester." I'm like, "I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know why it did that." That's when you knew right then that yeah, this dude's gonna be in radio and will not be going to med school. <laughs> right. That at that moment, like this guy, this guy is a disaster. Um, all right. Any other? <laughs> I mean, it's a classic move, right? You know, that I don't. I've never heard of that move before. That is that is a complete upper level. Congratulations! <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You almost feel like you accomplished something, though, when you actually get the teacher upset and they send you out to the hallway. You're like, all right, mission accomplished. There. Why did I do that? Looking back, I don't know. You're 14, 15 I mean, years old, just being an idiot. He he was. You're the teacher was straight Eberflus like. I mean, he's already playing it for looking ahead. We gonna have problems all year. Because I'm already in the past on that one. What's coming up here? Because i got to prepare for it. Let's go. I had so many lows in high school. Just phoning it in in so many classrooms, that's for sure. Uh, but it all paid off, Carm. Made it to Illinois State, and here we are talking Bears on a podcast. Um, any other okay. fi- any other final uh, Bears thoughts for Sunday, Carm, before I let you go? Uh, no, other than, I guess I do have one thought. I'm predicting the Bears to win. And what I put in my uh, prediction at CHGO, KP, I was, maybe I was drinking this morning, but uh, I, I said Bears 22, Giants 21, Field leads them on a fourth-quarter scoring drive. They go for two, and they walk out of the Meadowlands of Victor. Wow, I that, love it. I mean, that's like dream scenario. That's what I'm rooting on. All right, I got Bears so. 23, Giants 20. Carm, let's get to Nightingale soon. I can't wait, KP. And and after that, we'll we'll, we'll touch a hole in the wall in Northbrook. Got to go there. So you got you got to head it. It's a fantastic. You can show me the whole North Shore, Carm. I know that's your territory. So I'm I would love to travel the beautiful North Shore with Mark Carmen. Wednesdays with KP in the North Shore. That should be a podcast too. All right, Mark Carmen from CHGO and WGN. Thank you, sir. Thanks, KP. All right, man. Bye. And that was episode 46 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks to Mark Carmen for joining me. Always love talking to Carm. Had some fun on this episode. And thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. This was episode 46 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.